Hello, All-Star clients, and welcome to another episode of the Veterinary Roundtable presented by All-Star Veterinary Clinic, the podcast where we answer your veterinary-related questions while also having some fun along the way. Just a little bit. Right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> On today's episode, we have myself, co-host and associate veterinarian, Dr. Ashlyn Duckwall, director of surgery, Allie Cook, associate veterinarian, Dr. Jessica Jones, and all, as always, my co-host and head veterinarian, Dr. Emily King. Woo! And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> all right. Okay. How are you guys doing? Um, it says here in italics, <laughs> feel free to ask them how they're doing. How are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to read that part, I guess. I'm actually doing great because um, this is my day off. Yeah. So, woo woo. So, you had a good day off. I had a good nice. day off. Spent time with my baby. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks for going all off. the way to work for that a is, day off. For yeah. a day off. Yep. Allie? I'm good. You doing all right over there? Today was not a bad day. I feel like we're going to pay for it later when it's. <laughs> I know. I have a feeling too because yeah. everything has been nice and. Steady. Yeah. Steady. Don't use the Q word. Like no, the... no. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, today was a good day. Yeah, so learning. it's kind of back to kind of as busy as, like without being crazy busy. Which is interesting because we're getting into the warm summer season where it's yeah. usually yeah. off the charts. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's the calm before the storm then. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. We should just say it out loud now because it's going to happen. So, yep. The storm is coming. The storm is coming. <laughs> exactly. Icebreakers. Okay, girls. <laughs> Here we go now. Okay, you you go first. <laughs> okay. You, you what is something you absolutely hate doing, Duckwall? Grocery shopping. Really? I oh, yeah. hate it. I, I do not get mo- motivated. When I'm there, I go as fast as possible. It's not calming. It's not Mm-mm. something fun to do. Mm-mm. I am in the I same it. boat. Yep. I, I do hate that, too. It's the first thing it. I thought of. Something you hate doing, grocery shopping. I get that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. APC, what about you? Laundry. Like, it's um, not even so much like putting in the washer and dryer. It's like putting it away. Yes. <laughs> yep. Because yeah. even the folding it yeah. is, if you can distract yourself with good trash TV or something, yes. you know, it, it's fine. And then you have to put it away. Yeah, it's not a hard task. It's just <laughs> I think it's hard. It's, it's just, you know the problem is it just comes back around again. Yeah, it's <laughs> never ending. It's never ending. You do it, and you're like, yeah, I finished it. Yeah. And, and, and forty eight hours, you're like, what the same hell? <laughs> Richie, this is like a perpetual comment from him because he does all the laundry basically, and he is like, I just put away every. This is how he says it. I put away every stitch of clothing. It was a great day, and then the next day it'll come around. It'll be like. No, he goes, I did every stitch of clothing. Every I did every bit of laundry. Every stitch of clothing is done and put away. And I was like, that's awesome. And then the next day, I'd be like, how do we generate so much laundry? And I was like, I don't know. You just be like Charles and never put it away. Yep. He's got two laundry, laundry baskets basket full. That's how, that's how, that's like, how oh my, my kids gosh. are. The boys are. Yeah. yeah. They just Live leave it in their basket. Baskets. And then they ask where, where the clothes are. And you're like, <laughs> Look in the laundry basket. It's not my problem as soon as I fold it. Yep. It's or, in the basket. Or they yeah. need labels for the baskets. Yeah. Because they shift idea. through them so much. Then it's like, which is clean, which is dirty. I should line up baskets on Evan's side and just be like pants, shirts, and underwear. <laughs> who needs who needs drawers? <laughs> Closets. No who way. needs it? Just, just have baskets. Effort. So yeah, he's going to turn into trash bags. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put on trash bags. For sure. Hmm. What do you hate doing? Oh, gosh. 
what do I hate doing? Well, I would say cleaning the boys' bathroom. If I, oh. When I have to do it, if I have to do it in between when any does it, then that is the worst. Mm. Because they don't Aren't clean they all the old toilet. enough now? You don't have to do that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no. I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> they just, they always can't hit the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Poor always Dr. peeing King. around the toilet, the on the lid of the toilet, behind the lid of the toilet. <laughs> I'm like, are we asleep when we're peeing in the toilet? <laughs> Richie always was like, we need just like one ginormous urinal in here. <laughs> then we wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Honestly, after your third boy, you probably should have put one in. Yeah. I know. Been worth the investment. I know, exactly. So that and I think cleaning out the litter boxes. I don't know why. I hate oh, scooping the litter yeah. boxes. Yeah. It's so. something about cat urine just smells mm. awful. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, not great. <sighs> yep. Yeah. Those That's are good answers. <laughs> great answers. Okay. Number two. What is your most treasured material possession? Allie. Oh, golly. Why'd you <laughs> got to start with me? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be a millennial and be like, my phone, it's so important. So I feel like I should pick something. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you really But that's feel. really what it is. <laughs> Everything's there. Like I'm directionally challenged and I would um, I would probably get lost. Not, not probably. I will get lost. Remember when it was MapQuest days? Yeah. You had to print, print out, it just out. The line by line item. I would oh, yeah. definitely get lost. MapQuest that. days. Remember when there was actual maps you had to use? <laughs> like there was no yeah. MapQuest. There was no computer to look up the you had to actually get the map and then you actually had to stop on the side of the road and ask the people, Am I going in the right direction? I'm looking for this. Oh yeah, you need to go up that way and then take the first right and then take the first oh. left. Go down about a half a mile and you'll see it on the left hand side of the road <laughs> then you get about halfway there and you had to stop again to be like am i going the right direction because <laughs> you couldn't remember all the stuff oh my gosh it was horrible i don't know how yeah. we got anywhere far uh, i was stuck in the hills of kentucky once with a map and it was just oh. all the way across our dashboard yeah. and i was like i think we're here it was horrible yep no one stressful. knows how to read a map anymore yeah. so stressful I don't like getting lost. But oh. I'm going to, I'm just, I'm keeping those skills fresh for when everything goes bananas and we have no electricity because of whatever happens and the cell towers go down yeah. because of 5G, whatever. Because of 5G. <laughs> and I will know how to read a map. That's so right. So you guys can come with me if okay. I have to go anywhere. If we have to go anywhere. Okay. Okay. So your phone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was always told you're never lost until you're out of gas, but. Gas prices are high. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, tank's only going to get me so far. Yeah. Okay. Jones, what about you? Well, the first thing that came to mind was a pick from my first concert I went to. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But I actually don't know where it is. (laughs) (laughs) But then I thought about it a little harder. And um, and actually, uh, my stepdad got me a necklace that was made for my wedding. And it is gorgeous. So that's that's pretty, pretty special. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of those that you love it so much, but you don't want to wear it all the time because yes. you want to lose it or yes. break it or whatever. I'm like, oh, is it on? Yeah. It on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. Duck wall? I don't know. I was thinking my coffee maker to make a joke because I really can't <laughs> live without my coffee maker. And then I was like, okay, that's not real. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I always, I mean, my cat ring. 
I love my. It's from one of my best friends and it has cat ears and cat paws, and I always have it on. So it's, it I'd be really, really upset if I ever lost it. So we'll say that. Okay, well that works. Really <laughs> Mine's my hat. This is my lucky Tennessee hat. It's my most prized possession. Why is it lucky? I don't know. I just feel like it brings Did me good like, luck. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not like, okay, I always win basketball games with it on or I no, won my lottery life, with it on. No, my life is amazing. So I just, it's because of this hat, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's so clean. It is it not so clean. clean. It is so trash. It gets dirty in the lake and- do you just it's got in the fingerprints prints on it. Fingerprints. <laughs> fingerprints. And it has to be it. that one. <laughs> this like, is my favorite one, my favorite Tennessee hat. Okay. Yep. So it can't be a different one. I think because I got it, Richie got it for me at some point when we were going back and forth to Tennessee, and then I've just had it for so long, and I feel like it's Yeah. Is the visor joy. just do you feel like it's cooler on yes, your head? Because it's I not do. the full hat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. The sun's out of your eyes, but it's not too hot. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When when I think of you, Dr. King, like on vacation or like not at the clinic, I imagine you in the hat. Like, I, you know, this hat? Like, someone talks about you and you like think of someone. Remember we dressed up like her. Yeah. Yeah. Me in the hat. Yeah. That's right. We exactly. nailed it. <laughs> exactly. We did for all those listening. We dressed up exactly like Dr. King for the Christmas party. We wore it was plaid type button up yeah. shirts and then a visor if you had it. Good. Yeah, and then then uh, Faust dressed up as me as. Oh yeah, she did the basketball. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. That was, that was awesome. Oh my god, I was not expecting that. One. No, <laughs> I was not. I did not understand what was going on when she came in the house. I was like, okay. And then somebody else came in polls, and then Harris was like, "Do you get it?" I was like, "What?" Are you? And then I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, I get it now." That awesome. Yeah, that was a good idea. Good surprise. It was a good surprise. Mm. Okay. Case sharing time. Case sharing. We should have like a sound. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you <laughs> did it. Scary. <laughs> it does sound a little ominous. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> who wants to go first? Case sharing. I will. Um, so we had a case today. It was our first time doing the procedure. So the cat actually had a stricture in his urethra that was making it. What is a stricture? Question. What is a stricture? Okay, I'm not going to go medically because... <laughs> Why not? Like, it's just thin. Yeah. Can't pass urine as easily through it. Yeah. Okay. Just make it sure. A <laughs> narrowed area. Yes. Yes, narrowed area. That's better. According better, to Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> According to WebMD. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we had to do a procedure, call it a PU surgery, to redirect his urethra so that he can urinate. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. We made his fine. urethra bigger. Yep. Yeah. So, because cat urethras are so male cat, male cat, male cat. Sorry, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're so tiny, so tiny. So, yeah, you need to get out special goggles. To oh my it. god, that was horrible. <laughs> oh. You can like barely see it. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. tedious. It was cool. Doctor King did bala. Oh, thank you. <laughs> He's the cat doing great. Smokey helped. And he yep. urinated. Yay. We checked the box. We were nice. like, is that urine? Is that not urine? Well, so he, he, he didn't make it all the way in the box. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. He did urinate, so. That's exciting. That's, that's awesome. very exciting. Was there a lot of blood or anything in it? It was on blankets, so you can okay. tell. Yeah. That's huge. It was incredible. There you go. Now you can sleep tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was, yeah, he was blocked be, uh, six weeks ago and a surgery was done, and then he was referred to us because 
not everybody, not every clinic will have people that can do the the perineal urethrostomy. And so we have some people here who are, are doing it. And so we said, sure, we'll take the case. And so we took the case and we brought him in last night and relieved the obstruction and then brought his kidney values down and then took him to surgery today. You saved him. So we Yay. saved him. That's really yeah. cool. Hopefully so. Yep. All right, Phyllis. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, those are interesting cases. Yeah. I, we were talking about it because everybody was saying, well, when's the last time we've done one? And we just haven't had to do one in so long because of the diets, I feel like. Yeah. That's you know, back point. when I was growing up in Granger, learning how to practice medicine, I felt like we did them much more frequently. Like, I mean, hmm. you would do a handful a year, you know, kind did of Did you thing. just like automatically do it before the diet? I mean, because, yeah, because the diet, you, right. you, you were again. stuck I and mean, you had to get the crystals and all that yeah. stuff out of there. Yeah. And so, yeah, you might do a cystotomy, but then they would just reobstruct. So yeah. you would just open up their urethra, you know, and then um, that way they could urinate out the debris. So but then now since the diets, we haven't had to nearly do as many. Thank goodness. That's, I know. That's great. We've saved a lot of penises. Yeah. <laughs> <those diets. laughs> we've saved a lot of cat penises. <laughs> we've saved a lot of pills. Good job. Rocaine and good job. Yes. That's oh, gosh. Jones, what about you? I was trying to think. Uh, I, I, I'll go with a case that was a double cryptorchid because we. Um, I heard that no one has talked about what a cryptorchid is before right. on the podcast. So I had a double cryptorchid. So that meant his um, this young dog, male dog, his testicles hadn't descended. So we had to go get them out of his abdomen. Um, so they they are actually in there. It's not that they're not there. <laughs> yes, right. we found two. Don't be fooled. People will tell you, oh, they're not there. They are there. They are there. God puts them there in one place or another. Yep. And they we need there. to get them out. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So they can't have babies. And also to prevent cancer. Yep. Because yep. if they stayed in the abdomen, they'd be big trouble. Yep. Absolutely. So did I did have to see that dog um, this week. That That's what reminded me of him. Um, and he, I think, maybe has some other congenital abnormalities, meaning he was born with some some abnormalities. His hips aren't quite normal, we think. Um, maybe there's some other things going on, but he was a little painful. So we'll see how he does on his medication. Very cool. Yeah. So like cool. going in for the crypt, like that's obviously not a standard neuter, right? So a lot yes. of people see the neuter as like a simple, quick, but this... We went to the abdomen. Yeah. It was a lot tougher. And um, he was a little more painful on his recovery because there's some studies that came out that said going in through kind of the side of the abdomen versus just kind of the middle is a little bit easier to find both testicles when you have two that are um, in the abdomen. Mm -hmm. So we, we went in the side. I do think that might have made him a little more painful, but I think it was a quicker procedure because of it. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Gotta yeah. Get those suckers cool. out. <laughs> <laughs> Always cause them trouble, you know? That's right. Oh, it's just me. Um, so this is a, a recent one, yesterday recent. We had a newly adopted um, pity girl come in. She was super sweet. And she was in a, um, a, a rough situation prior to this new owner. And um, so she came to this new owner with a severe limp in her back left leg and so right away, because she was um, she was thin, so right away you could just see that her hip joints didn't look like standard. And then oh, when you started girl. to try to feel it, she was just so painful and uncomfortable. So um, of course we gave her some some happy sedation meds and took X-rays. And unfortunately, so there, there's a ball and socket joint with the hip, and there's also um, attached to that ball part of the bone. There's a little neck we call it, so a little piece there, and it was completely disoriented and not normal. Um, it looked like the bone 
we assume or we think there was some sort of injury and it didn't heal appropriately. Mm -hmm. And so um, because of that, obviously, she's been trying to use it and can't, making it worse. And um, other things you worry about in a young dog is, okay, was it a congenital disease or is it like a, you know, a severe cancer, which is not on top of our list for a young dog. So or traumatic, right? I mean, like traumatic yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So um, anyway, the treatment of choice is you actually cut off all of that bone and get rid of it and allow the body to form a callus. I yeah, guess it's like a false joint. joint kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Yeah. And they can still use their leg. You don't have to take the full leg. And so we're, she's on pain meds right now. And so we can get that done. Awesome. Very interesting. I remember learning that in vet school. I was like, you, you're you're just going to cut the whole yeah, <laughs> bone off and it's not going to have a joint anymore. And that works. Um, but uh, it's yeah. fascinating it how does. the body just like adapts. And then, well, there's just so many muscles that hold yeah. it. It's just fascinating. It's so cool. Yeah. And that they can just walk on it and then they, yep. they seem okay with it. That's really cool. Yeah. It's crazy. It's um, what we call salvage procedure. So we obviously don't do that unless we have to, yeah. but it still is a great way of improving their quality of life because oh, yeah. they're so miserable. Well, like your, your dog who can't, was not walking on yeah. just bone on bone, you know, or if the dogs luxate their hips, mm-hmm. you know, you can't put that back. I mean, you could put it back in, but it comes right back out because yeah. the ligament is torn. So this is a great way of, they get to keep the leg. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Four legs are better than three. That's yep. Right. Absolutely. So I've heard. <laughs> My case is um a, Newfoundland, eight years old, something like that, that came in from another clinic as well that um, was sent to us because on his x-rays, it looked like he was having trouble. She was having trouble potentially with foreign material or gas buildup in her uh, bowel loops. And so they had sent her for an ultrasound. And then on the ultrasound, we couldn't really determine what was going on except for that her x-rays said that she needed surgery. So her x-rays were very diagnostic for surgical intervention. And so we we were like, yeah, we don't know what's going on, but we need to go in and do an exploratory. And so then we did. And she had a torsed colon, colon colonic torsion with a secondary mesenteric root torsion. So rare. So, so rare. Yep. It was basically just twisted. It was all twisted oh. on itself. And so then obviously the gas couldn't get out. And so the gas was building up like a balloon. It looked like a balloon. It was. It felt like a balloon. Yes. And so then we had to untwist it, and then which made it a lot better immediately. And then we tacked down the colon next to the pelvic canal, next to the bladder, so that hopefully kind of keep it where it's supposed to. Please. And you know, thankfully the owners were like all on top of it. They're like, "Yes, let's do this right away," because most of those turn out so poorly. Yeah. Like they usually don't do well because of the torsion then all the secondary problems with relieving the torsion. And so that dog was just really lucky. Yeah. It was really a neat surgery though. Yeah. It's very good on the owners to just like do it now. Right yeah. Yeah. So it would have been really bad. Really bad in 12, 12 or 12 hours, even 24 cool. hours for sure. Yeah. Yep. So that was my interesting case. Yeah. It took two sets of hands too. Yep. Duckball was in there. Yeah. Everybody was in there. We had so <laughs> Everybody was in there. <laughs> At first we're just like, what is happening? <laughs> oh no. I know exactly. Yeah. This it's isn't like, right, but I We're know like, what this it is. is not correct. So where <laughs> is everything supposed to be? Yeah. Oh uh, gosh. Yeah. Animals are amazing. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy how much they can deal with. It is. And survive. Stronger Absolutely. than people. 
Absolutely. Better than people. <laughs> yeah, that dog woke up like, oh. I know. Yeah. I know. It was crazy. She was just Nothing sitting there. Nothing happened to yeah. me. <laughs> I know. And then she wanted to eat that night. She was like, no, she this was is, I don't know what you guys are worried about. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Great. I don't have to fart anymore. <laughs> I know. God. It probably yeah. felt like she had to fart and yeah. she couldn't because it yeah. couldn't go down. Did it smell like farts for oh, the whole yeah. day? Yeah, she was. I mean. Gas definitely came out. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. And she had eaten bark. That's what yeah. we think caused it. Ugh. Is maybe yeah. the bark was like like in a in a horse when it would be like heavy, like sand. Like you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. I wonder if there was something it, like caused yeah. some type of like reason to flip. Flip because of the weight of the bark. I mean it felt That's like crazy. don't you think while it was like There was so much. Like just all in one. I just don't String. know if it created a heaviness to it. I have no idea. Who knows? And then like light and heavy because of the, all that gas. Maybe, maybe it yeah. just flipped. I don't know. That's cool. So weird. Yay, it lives. Anyway. Saving lives. Saving lives. We need a saying like saving lives. And na, 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 na. I don't know. I'm not creative. <laughs> Taking so names. Saving lives. <laughs> <laughs> Something better than that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. I'll think about it. Okay, you think about it because you're way more creative than oh, I am. Yeah, I'm so creative. We're about the same, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, we need somebody about. else much. Okay, all right. On to client questions. How do you best address resource guarding, particularly guarding that has turned into biting when being disciplined? And this question comes from Sarah Burnett. We're gonna just turn it over to Allie Cook now. Allie Here Ross. is Allie Cook. And and Ross. Ross. All right, we'll be back in about fifteen minutes. Thank you. Okay, I have a note sheet here. Wait, we should introduce I, well, her. She's a yes. trainer. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Tell them. Tell them a little bit about your yeah. um, credentials and your interests and all that. Well, I have an interest in positive reinforcement clicker training. Um, so, only using positive methods to the best of your ability. Um, as far as Resource guarding, uh, this is going to be a very broad way to kind of go about fixing it. By all means, the first thing that is the most important is safety. So you don't ever want to intervene or take an item away from the pet or food away from the pet because that can end in injury. Secondly, is to know the dog's body language. So the dog goes through multiple things. So the dog could have been showing signs way before the biting behavior started. So like lip licking hunch behaviors, avoidance, different things like that could have been signs. What about where they hold the treat and stuff? Like, is that a clue too? Yeah, like, like, are you meaning like gripping the toy harder? Yeah, or, or so they're chewing, chewing, chewing. So like, say the toys in front of them like this, you know, like they're sitting like Phyllis, for instance, and they're chewing, chewing, chewing. You walk up to them, they stop chewing. Yeah, or like clamp mm-hmm. down. Right, on and then, so can that be one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like, why? Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> then you get like, I mean, because I feel like I see that all the time. They're like chewing, chewing, yeah. chewing, and then they stop and they're like. They do the side eye. Yeah. The side eye. The side oh, yeah, eye. And the it's like eye. they're going to get ready. Oh. They don't want you to take it away from them, you know, kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. That is definitely one of the cues for that. Um, sorry, I really have to look at my notes because. No, it's good because then you won't forget any points. That's yes. good. <laughs> Um, third thing to keep in mind is you really don't want to punish this behavior because the dog is already biting. You run into the dog becoming worse or, you know, the biting gets worse or the resource guarding all in general gets worse. So I'm not sure in this particular situation where the resource guarding is happening. So I don't know if it's with people, other animals, food, toys, toys. So that all kind of plays a role in when we're dealing with resource guarding. So one of the things to start with is just IDing 
the situations and the resources that are being guarded and keeping like a diary of that. So that way, if you do seek out professional help, you have things written down to go from and then you can get better help when knowing those things. Yeah. So would mo- would you say that most people would, so their dog is, they go to take something from the dog and then they just grab it anyway? That's what they're doing? Yeah, I can see that. Like, so the dogs, yeah. I don't know, like you drop something and then they claim it as theirs and then you go to get it and they're growling. But And you're saying people shouldn't stop right there. Right. Yes. And don't go ahead and grab it. Don't go ahead and grab it. That is asking for injury. Uh, I believe there were studies done that actually, like a lot of people think that's a dominance behavior, but really it's not. It's more stemmed in like a stress or anxiety or there's medical reasons why the dog or pet could be doing what they're doing. So there's a, there's a lot of reasons why resource guarding could be happening, changes in the environment. Um, so there's just a lot that goes into it before mm-hmm. you can really pinpoint why they're doing it. Gotcha. Yeah. So methods that you can try um, or drop it. So teaching the pet to drop it while you're re- reinforcing with a higher value treat. You can teach relaxation, like on a mat, so like a place. So you're giving them or redirecting, letting them know that they can relax in a different spot. So are they resource guarding in a certain place? Is it in the kitchen, a person? So teaching mat or relaxation, you're kind of allowing the dog another space. And then leave it is another good one. So if they're resource guarding, your kid drops a chicken nugget and you don't want them to have it, leave it would be a good thing to have. And then you're just reinforcing with something of higher value. And then one thing to keep in mind, it, is, it does take consistency um, and a lot of training to do to deal with resource guarding. You may need a lot of maintenance and management to help the behavior. And sometimes in some cases, there's not really a cure. It's just mostly management. So it can Avoiding be... Avoiding situations that... Yeah. Set okay. yourself up for success with your pet right, rather yeah. than, yeah, creating a negative situation yeah, and for start sure. to change it. Yeah, I think one, Zach George is a great positive reinforcement trainer. He has an amazing book and then also great YouTube videos as well. But um, I will never forget, he said, like, anytime you're doing training with an animal, no matter what it is, make sure you are in control of the environment. So if you're trying to specifically work on food or something, or for example, if some, if they're resource guarding a person, you want to be in control of who's going to be entering that space during that time of training. And so you can be prepared and then therefore prepare your animal. So um, I think that can get a little chaotic sometimes depending on the trigger for the dog or what, how busy their environment is. So literally having a separate space for that is really helpful. And maybe having everyone in the house on the same page. So like this is training time and sometimes you can maybe involve even kids with training time if it's not dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely controlled. And then just seeking out professional help as well, like a behaviorist. If you don't feel comfortable, please don't try any methods at home. We don't want anyone to become injured. So in a puppy that's resource guarding, would you say it's fair to say if you work with a puppy, usually you can train them out of it? Probably has a higher chance of doing so. Definitely with the higher rate of reinforcement, if you get them out of that habit, stop the behavior so they don't have time to practice that behavior, Mm -hmm. I think you would have a better chance of redirecting that behavior. Right. Okay. So let's walk through a scenario of a dog resource guarding and what we would do, the steps we would do. Okay. (laughs) Harrison, do you have an example? 
of a situation. Your dog's perfect. (laughs) 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 Like like a real life example. Do you know what I mean? Um, That we can walk through. Allie, by the way, you rock. Thanks, buddy. He's so smart. (laughs) He's so smart. (laughs) I love when I be like, Allie Cook will call you back. (laughs) She's great at training. You are really good. So say the exam so here's the example. Okay. You have two dogs, right? One's smaller, one's larger. The smaller one really likes bones. He likes chews. Chewies. And whenever he has chewies around, he resources guard he resource guards them heavily to the point of growling or even nipping the larger dog. The larger dog will run away, doesn't try to have any dominant behavior over the smaller dog. Um, and when you try to take away the chewy from the smaller dog, he bites onto it hard, he doesn't let go, and he sometimes growls a little bit. And he runs away sometimes. And he runs away sometimes, sure. This is just a made-up situation. <laughs> there are so many details. I know. I'm so impressed at how this is a made-up situation. Okay, so let's asking talk about how we... Asking for a friend. Dial, yeah. How, so how would we address the situation? I think first, start with management. So what can we do to kind of control or stop that behavior right away before someone or the other dog gets hurt? So as a management tool, maybe you do start with the relaxation mat or give the dog a place where chewing the bone is acceptable. So that way you can kind of manage your dogs. Or if you have one dog, the smaller dog's out chewing a bone, maybe you have the other dog in the kitchen until that time is up or until you're able to get the dog to drop it and leave the bone in that situation. Okay, so they can have the bone, but it needs to be in a situation where he can't, they can't get in a fight or where the so the other dog's put away or the other dog knows I don't approach the other dog when he's on this mat or whatever. Right. Okay. I've also always been taught um, if it's like a person to the dog when they have something and they're protecting it, like something they know that the dog knows they shouldn't have, like a sock or the bone, you want to do a trade, a trade off mm-hmm. for it. So um, you can't obviously go in and just take it away. That's going to reinforce that protective behavior for the dog so you try to find a high value tree or distraction or say like you know if they like the word walk or they like um i don't know something like that someone even said like you could even let's say you're in danger you could ring the doorbell oh yeah like really just to literally get them out of a haze or something and then obviously um i also read too like if you're getting them to you you don't reward them right away you also then Add, ask them to do something you want them to do. So sit, maybe walk a couple steps, sit again, and then reward them and give them a treat so that they're doing what you want them to do. So if the dog has something, so if the dog has the chew and the other dog's in the room and you got the big dog controlled, but now you got to go get the item from the little dog because you're only one person and you need to be (laughs) able to take the chews away. No chews for anybody. So, get out of the house. Don't so, in the house. You get the other dog controlled doing something in the other room, and you go now to get this chew from the other dog. What is the best way to get the chew from the other dog? Trade mm-hmm. of something. So this dog knows drop it or whatever. So you use something of high value, and you show it to the dog, and the dog drops the chew, which is great. And you give him the chew, but then as soon as you go to step on the chew, he goes and gets the chew again. You got to put him somewhere else so he can't see it. So you walk him away from the chew. He's going to drag, go get the chew and bring it with him. 
So do you try and be faster than the dog and step on the chew? <laughs> and then just treat with the high value thing and keep your foot on the chew? Is that what somebody's supposed to do? I probably wouldn't recommend I'm asked. that. Because <laughs> asking for a friend. I can see, like, I'm just trying to see, like, the worst case scenario. I can see where the dog would start to attack your foot, maybe, if it's that bad. If it's that bad of a dog, okay. So I would recommend redirecting. So what I mean by that is if you have a high-value treat, so say it's hot dogs, like, you can't just do, like, kibble or something like that. It has right. to really mean something to the dog or cheese or something, I would toss the treat. Oh, Make yeah. Make sure okay. the dog Tossing. goes and gets it. And go we are throwing you, you go, go in for back. a sweep. <laughs> Swiping <laughs> that. And if you're practicing with a dog, like I just thought of, like they have those little hand gripper things like for mm. grocery oh, stores. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a good idea. So Genius. you could always yeah. use that before. Also, like, you could tether your dog in the house so they can't run away and, like, really control your environment. I think that's really, really important. Oh, see, like, tethering the dog. I never even thought that because you could mm -hmm. kick the chew out of the way. Like, you could do the treats over here, yeah. throw your hot dogs over here. He turns over here. Kick the tree out of the... <laughs> I can just imagine. You, know, you really want to <laughs> kick it out of the way, out of the perimeter of the tether, yeah. and then he can't go get it, and you win. You win, but training wise, you really want it to be no. a smooth transition because if you're really, if the dog's still like interested, of course it's still going to be interested in the bone, but if you're just playing like a keep away type of thing. I don't, right. I don't believe the training is going to stick in that. <sighs> I did read you have them um, keep coming. Like you have a couple pieces of hot dogs. And once you are able to, you read your dog, right? They're calmed down. They're maybe in a completely different room and you can safely grab their, a hold of their collar or their harness or whatever they wear, then literally put them in a separate room. Oh, and then go get the tree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it bad to let them – so they say they did a good job and they came with you and they walked those seven feet and you did the reinforcement every couple of feet or whatever and they're like forgotten now about it. Can you go ahead and let them go back to it? I mean you can. I mean I think it all just depends on and the situation. And then do it again, like train it again. Right. Do you yeah, know what you I mean? can use absolutely. it like a – But if the dog is ramped up and you're like just running this for the first time and the dog's still like looking back at the treat to see if it's still there, it's taking your food but it's still fixated on the bone – I don't think you're quite there yet to be able to let him go back. Yeah. Reward to try to do that scenario multiple times. Got if it. That makes sense. So put him in the other room, mm -hmm. shut the door, go get the bone, put it up so he can't even see it. Let him out of the room, <laughs> and you're good. No um, chews ever again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sounds like a hassle. <laughs> I mean, I just, that I'm just thinking if you're and by like yourself, and, if you're a person by yourself, what are you? I mean, you know what I mean. That's what I'm trying to think. Okay. Like. I'm, I'm just trying thinking. to be a client at home going. No, it's yeah. real scenarios. Very real scenarios. Right. I'm I'm just thinking of if it's a bigger dog and it's fighting you on it. Like at this point, you're just getting the chew. I don't feel like the training's really an issue. And if the dog is destructive, he may try to bust out of the door. But that's just me playing devil's mm -hmm. advocate yeah, and kind of giving point. worst case scenario. So. Okay. And then you could teach. I mean, but the drop it command would be the. Yeah. That's the best thing solution. I've ever taught yeah. her is leave it. Because you can be, she may cross the yard. You she's be got like, some yep. in her mouth. I'm like, leave it. Yeah. That's the best thing ever. No, I agree. Those two commands are fantastic. Yeah. Drop it and leave it. Yeah. In place, like you yep. mentioned, that yep. one's really helpful too. Because if place is further away. Now, it doesn't make them drop it. But yeah, yeah maybe drop it with place too. That yeah. one's really nice to have. Yeah. The one you mentioned. Yeah, that's a good way to do it too. Allie, talk for, talk for a second about the fact that if you punish, like how, you know, like if you're punishing the behaviors, the cues, 
because they always give you cues before they bite. It's like they always give you the warnings before they then bite. And so a dog, there hardly ever does a dog just bite. So, but you can teach them to just bite by punishing the cues. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Or is that enough? <laughs> <laughs> what I just said. I mean, I guess like, are you talking about kind of like threshold? So like at first the dog may pin his ears back or lip lick, but then the dog feels like you still are intruding onto his space. So maybe the dog goes from lip lip licking and ears back to now the dog is growling as an extra warning. But if you're punishing the growling. Yes. Yeah, so if you're punishing the growling, then the dog's like, well, I can't do that. So then the dog just bites, right? So... I think that's another reason why punishment doesn't do us any good because it makes the dog worse. And like you said, it's punishing the cues that they're trying to communicate to us. So, Because I feel like you hear from clients, like they'll be like, there's no warning. They just bit me. Yeah. Now, maybe sometimes they don't know how to read the warnings, but I do feel like people by accident without knowing they did it, got rid of the warnings. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, like I feel like it's really like you point. just they punished the the warnings. That's such a good point. Yeah. And instead of going, oh, that's a warning. I need to do this instead. I need to redirect. I need to whatever, whatever, right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I is. think it's important. Definitely, if you're really invested in changing the behavior, getting on YouTube or getting going to a reputable site and looking up dog behavior mm-hmm. and signs and. Just, I think it would really help. We have um, in our area, you know, some of the facilities like Ultimate Canine, Alpha Canine. I'm drawing. Can't, I can't, I can't. What is the the behaviorist on range line in Carmel? The veterinary the, board certified uh, behaviorist. Oh, Doctor Dr. Dr. Oh, Dr. Dr. Drink. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, we have some really good resources. Yeah, at our disposal yeah. to use, and of course, there's Allie. But I mean. <laughs> She's the only Purdue one woman. Purdue, yeah, you know, um, as well. But yeah. I think that any time that there's aggression, though, they're going to – they, they at least the behaviors the, when we were in school would talk about we have to identify what forms of aggression there are because then they address them different ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just one form of aggression. There's, you know, all these yeah. territorial possession, yep. you know, dominant, you know, like all these other – and so then they run you through a bunch of questions and to figure out – but I think the whole point is like what you're saying is that there's a man, then you have management tools in place. Yeah. And it takes time. I always mm-hmm. tell people like, if you don't have the time to train them yourself, that's okay. That's what trainers are for. Like you have to understand where your limits are because you can't expect it to be fixed in two weeks. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Right. Cause there's regression. There's, I mean, changes in environment, all of that stuff. So it's, I mean, that's, I always recommend like you should talk to a trainer with a serious issue like this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because people come first. Mm-hmm. Safety. I'll also say another great resource that Duckwell mentioned. She mentioned Zach, Zach George. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he has a video of a Corgi who is an aggressive resource guarder and he gives him a bone and he goes through the situations like mm-hmm. right there. And then of, of what to do when he does, because the Corgi does bite, bite him in the video and so like he goes through all those real life scenarios as well wow. so, he's very fantastic cool. yeah. Yeah. yeah great resources great yeah awesome follow us zach george <laughs> i know oh we should totally <laughs> we should start doing this <laughs> i feel like i talk about him at least once a day yeah to clients yeah it's great stuff so 
internship maybe <laughs> oh good Ooh. idea <laughs> okay yeah that's yeah. right tag him whatever you do <laughs> whatever yeah harrison however that works tag zach george yeah. let's get him to call in <gasps> that's such a good idea. or come visit us or come visit us where does he podcast? work out of harrison what state Okay, oh, wow. that could be a problem. We'll go to him. FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> we could go to him. Let's just go That's to him. Cool. That'd be cool. We'll send you on an internship. Okay. That would be, <gasps> that would be, that would so be pretty cool. sweet. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. Wow. Changing lives. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so exciting. Visiting Alaska. Oh. Here we go. Have you guys um, read uh, Dr. Sophia Yin's oh, books yes. too? She's wonderful. She's fantastic. Yeah. Her yeah, And that's all positive reinforcement yes. stuff, too. Yeah. That, Good yeah. stuff. She's cool. For sure. I did the intro. You do the outro. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anybody have anything else to add before we close? You think we covered oh. it? If I think they, we did. If we didn't, then send in your questions. <laughs> send in your questions. That's right. Call us. Call us. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Veterinary Roundtable. Remember, send in those questions and be sure to follow us on social media platforms at All Star Veterinary Clinic. If you enjoyed this episode or a previous episode, leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. We'll see you in a few weeks for the next episode of the Veterinary Roundtable. Fireworks, fireworks. Oh, fireworks.